everybody, I'm always excited, but today I'm double excited. If this is even something in English, we can discuss this in the interview now, but I think there's much more to discuss today because first of all, we have Dennis Xu. Xu. That's that's we will cut this together and I will use AI <laughs> to pronounce it later on. It should be AI making the interview talking to each other already. <laughs> so we have Dennis, one of the founders of mem.ai. And I talked about mem.ai on Twitter already. The big difference is to other note-taking apps that it is AI enabled. I have an exciting guest as a co-host. I'm really excited to welcome Paco Cantero. I met him on Twitter. And actually, I, I reached out on Twitter and asked, what do you use, folders versus text? And he reached out neither. And we started discussing this. And he said, well, I asked, what else do you use? And he said, AI. And he is one of the mem.ai, you know, I would say number one users. And he loves it. And he converted me into mem.ai. I used it one year ago. Now they have the new memx AI enabled. And yeah, this is all the stuff that we want to talk today about. Without further ado, I would just say we dive into this. Paco, I'm excited you're on the show because you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this tool as well. And I thought, let's come in here. Let's, you know... Talk with Dennis. It looks very dangerous for him sitting in the middle. You can't see this <laughs> in the podcast, but yeah, let's go for it. Dennis, yeah. thanks for being in the show and maybe introduce yourself the the moment you developed MEM or launched it, the vision behind this, and then sure. dive into where we go with this. Sure. Well, you know, first of all, thanks for having me and great to finally meet you, Tom and Paco. Great to see you again. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just, you know, kind of give a very abbreviated, quick version of really what we're doing and, and all of that. We, MEM is, is, is basically what we call the world's first self-organizing workspace and the, you know, how we actually landed on this. So we started the company almost three years ago now and started with, you know, one of my best friends from college and basically the problem that we stumbled upon repeatedly in our day-to-day -day lives at work, everything was that we felt like the information that we actually had access to was just not being utilized to its maximum potential, right? So there was all of this information that we had, whether it was, you know, in our notes directly in our email, in, you know, our CRM, whatever kind of data source that you have, it feels like it's all just trapped inside of there. Right. And so our, our mission and our vision was, okay, you know, the problem that we really want to solve is how do we make sure that the right information gets to the right person at the right time? Right. And, you know, that's, it's kind of an evergreen problem in the sense that I don't think anyone will ever fully solve that problem. And that's actually what really appealed to us when, when we started working on it. Now, in terms of, you know, how, how we think about MEM, I think we actually live in this very, very interesting point in time right now in, in 2022. I don't know how closely you guys have been following, you know, a lot of some of the fundamental AI research and, and the applications around there. But, you know, it, it really does feel like we're finally approaching this point where computers can actually understand humans. Now, you know, people will debate what does it mean to really understand humans, et cetera. But I don't know if you guys have seen Dolly, you know, GPT-3. Every week, there's something new, crazy that's that's happening, right? So with Dolly, you can, you know, go and tell it, you know, generate a photo of Mona Lisa looking at her iPhone, and it'll actually do that perfectly within 15 yeah. seconds, right? For those so of you who don't know this, go just go to YouTube and search for Dolly and AI. You will be amazed by all the things and so many other things AI can already do. I was just waiting for the moment. Actually, I was expecting Evernote where they already have a search very powerful to implement AI first. 
but yeah, it was just to me also a matter of time when this power of search is implemented in the in the note taking app. Sorry for interrupting, Dennis. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the like the the important thing, right, is given that computers can now you know someone understand humans and the what, what's particularly interesting is kind of the rate of development right so one of the most important drivers of all of this progress over the last you know let's say decade or so has just been the increasing amount of compute that we've actually been able to apply in, in ai applications right and it's actually so you know I'm, sh I'm sure you guys have heard of moore's law right and so while moore's law is, is kind of diminishing the amount of compute that's actually going into a lot of these ai technologies is increasing by 8x every year right and so to put that into context right you know in five years well, let's say your you know your phone battery lasts like one one day today right but you you if we keep going at this rate five years from now it would last you know 80 80 days or so right so that's kind of like the you know the the, the context in which you know the, the the technology is rapidly evolving and what we essentially do is we take that and now imagine you had a human being process all of the information that you have access to and then organize it for you with you automatically, right? So instead of all of the manual labor of having to figure out what folder do I put this in? How do I tag this? How do I, you know, enter this piece of information into my knowledge base so that I can retrieve it properly later? We can actually, you know, build AI and technology enabled solutions that eliminate all of that work. And that's, you know, really, that's, that's what we do at MEM. And yeah. Well, this is just the beginning. And for those of you who follow MEM.ai for a while, I think they have no clue what is actually building up in the back end and behind the scenes and what you're preparing there. Because when Memex was introduced and I was able to actually be one of the first using it as well, this was the revelation moment for me. This was the moment when I used Mem back, you know, a year ago, the first time. I thought, okay, it's another approach on note-taking, you know, from structuring and the timeline and tasks. It's all there. We saw it a hundred thousand times. But I think the real value proposition inside Mem is the AI, enabled search, and the recommendations I get when I start writing. And what I did, I imported Notion. I imported my Obsidian, all the scattered information from all these places. And suddenly things appeared that I never was aware of. And there was something scary happening and I have no idea. First of all, I need to know, does it understand several languages or is it just English? It understands most of the major languages. It okay, does. Uh, I, have tested, I have tested with Spanish and English and it's amazing because as you type, as you are typing, yeah. the, you see results no, that the application finds out. And it's amazing because it's related not only concepts that are related. For instance, I'm writing in French and then uh, French names appears, but also the concepts, no matter the language that you are using. It's so combined. It's amazing. It's because amazing. then I have to share a story here, which where, where I thought, I don't know, this is, this is next level. So I moved stuff from Notion in there and we just finished building a house. And I was looking for inner doors, for the doors on the inside in the house. And in German, it's called inner doors. And I just added inner, the word inner, and not doors. But it showed me the node with doors, but no inner. So in this note, there was not the word inner. So I just interpreted there that it, it recommended it to me because doors are always in the inside. I don't know how this happened. Maybe it was a coincidence. I have no idea. But I could believe that this works. But then 
And now I'm, I'm lo looking forward to your answer there. Then I thought, well, then it should recognize when I write down something like a red fruit and I should get a note with a strawberry. So this is not working. Can you explain more on how the AI actually works inside mem.ai? Yeah, so I'll give you a kind of a broad, you know, some broad context in, ter in terms of how it's... So maybe the reason why it doesn't recognize my strawberry note. <laughs> yeah, so... That's interesting. I mean, uh, I'd have to look into that. I think it, it there is some. Okay, so it should recognize this. It, 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 it it's so it plausible is context based. It's right. Plausible okay. Yeah. So uh -huh, the easiest way to think about this, right, is think about it this way. Imagine, you know, all of us, we've read a lot of things on the internet over the course of our lifetime, right? So, but in the course, you know, of our 30, you know, how, how many ever years of, 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 of reading on the internet that we, we, we've had, we've only been able to read such a small sliver of it, right? It's, it's you know, less than 0.0001%. So now imagine that you have a person, right, who actually can read the entire internet, right? And now, of course, no person can do that, but computers can process really quickly and they can do that. And if you can actually do that, then what happens is we know that certain words always kind of appear, you know, next to each other. And so, I think that the thing is people probably don't often describe strawberries as a red fruit, right? People probably describe, describe strawberries as, you know, a type of berry, maybe, you know, next to milkshake, strawberry milkshake, you know, strawberry rhubarb, whatever, right? Like all of these things. So those are words that appear next to strawberry, right? And that's, if you think about how meaning is derived, you know, this is kind of philosophical, like what, what is meaning and, and what does that really mean? It really is all about the meaning of a word is about the words around it, right? The context around it, because you can have the exact same word, at least in, in English, it's, you know, it's super confusing. You can say bank, let's, let's take the word bank. It could either mean if I said I went to the bank to withdraw money, or I went by the riverbank, totally mm -hmm. different meanings of the word, right? And before, like the most kind of, you know, the earlier versions, and when I say earlier versions, right, this whole field is, is, is super young, but the earlier versions, you know, even like, ten, let's say 10 years ago, five, five years ago, it, it Systems had a lot of trouble understanding the difference between river bank and, and bank ATM, right? Those, those two words. But now they don't. Now they can actually understand, okay, cool. This is the type of bank that I'm talking about, et cetera, all of that stuff, right? So basically think of it as, you know, you have this person, except it's actually this computer that has the wisdom of having read the entire internet. And once you've read the entire internet, then now imagine that this person is now making connections on your behalf, Right. And saying, OK, cool. These these are things that, you know, work together. And obviously, you know, the, the technology is not perfect yet, which is probably why you don't see, you know, red fruits next to strawberry. But I think and this is the second meta point that I think is really important. Right. Going back to what I was talking about earlier, the rate at which this is improving you know, today versus 12 months ago, both in terms of the cost of actually implementing this technology and the quality and the, the quality of the, the results and the recommendations. It's not comparable. It's I would say it's you know, two orders of magnitude different from, you know, 12 months ago, right? Which is yeah. unprecedented. So that's, I understand this. That's great. Actually a great uh, comparison with bank there. But the yeah. question is then, does it really yeah. make sense to have only the knowledge of the whole internet or do you also have their machine learning on a personal level for the person using MEM? So this means the more I search yeah. for red fruits and I always go to the node that, that contains the strawberries, it should start learning mm -hmm. that I meant this, right? Of course, of course. So that's, you know, that's kind of like the, so, so that kind of approach has, has historically been like a, a very common approach that, you know, kind of any search system has, has used in the past. 
one of the interesting fundamental differences now is you can start with this you know, computer that has read the entire internet and with very few examples. So very few things like, oh, by the way, you know, Tom searched for red fruits and then he clicked on strawberry. Okay. So, you know, with, with very few reinforcement examples, we can actually create a fine-tuned version of the system that is much, much better. Right. And so that's also very different than a few years ago. A few years ago, you would need tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of examples to even get the AI to be slightly better. Right. But now, you know, we can, uh, you can even yeah. give it one example actually would go a long way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. So, yeah, that's how I see it as well, because it would see what I did there, then compare it again with the knowledge he got from the internet or he, she, yeah. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the part where it trains on your specific knowledge base, that's a very active area for us right now and, and, and have some interesting ideas around, but it's not in the, in the product yet. So, but it's going to make its way into it. Soon. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Talking about the product and the progress right now, it's still in beta phase or beta or depending on where in the world you want to pronounce it. I have to settle somewhere. <laughs> so when can we expect the final release? Is there, you know, this yeah. year, next well, year? When you say soon, uh, if, if a development, if a SaaS company says soon, it can mean anything or nothing. Yeah. So let's see how yeah, close are we. In terms of final release, there's there's never going to be a final release, but there is going yeah. to be a release where we say, okay, you know, we're we're out of beta, etc. Uh, we actually yeah. announced this earlier this year, and we said, you know, we would we're exiting, we're in the process of uh, of exiting beta, and what that means is specifically the moment that we launch Memex to be available because right now it's an early access. There's a wait list, you know, I'm, for, for anyone who's on the wait list, I know. You know thanks for thanks for your patience. We're, uh, we're, we're working hard on getting as many people. The is worth it. I sent you all the people that asked me for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. Yeah, know, sorry about you, that. Or, sorry or for all the hype. I'm so sorry for that, Dennis. Sorry <laughs> that I love your product. I will stop talking about it. Oh, please, please, thank you. Um, oh, I yeah, really so, so <laughs> you know, once once we essentially get rid of the waitlist and allow anyone to you know sign up for Memex and, and and subscribe to Memex, that's the moment where we'll officially exit beta. But you know, I think in good conscience, because of you know a lot of the things that you guys have have talked about in the past, there's 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 still a lot of missing pieces, right? And you know, we're 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 definitely aware of that, and you know, we want to make sure that we're actually delivering a product that is you know that feels robust, right? Before we we fully exit that. Yeah, that's great. And I have to say, it feels already very robust and reliable. I never had issues that it broke or something like that. But before I dive into the next section or the next questions, I want to bring up questions or feedback from the community as we are live still. So Dave Rehag from, well, via LinkedIn, the only thing re reliable coming from Evernote is the way other companies have left them on the tech. Well, <laughs> we leave this by that, but then it follows up with Tom in listening to this interview compared to the CEO of Evernote. And I interviewed Ian Small from Evernote already. I feel it is like comparing a business person with a computer scientist inventor. Very exciting innovation. And this is already a very small line that you go, right? Either you're a developer and you're a techie and you start with one solution that you developed and then you become a business and then it lags there and it breaks down or it's the other way it's it's business kpi driven which is uh, you know trying to listening to everybody and not focusing on the things that matter for the product itself to make its 
this value proposition. So mm -hmm. how do you see MEM? Is it more more developers in there? Or do you have also, you know, do you feel safe on the business side? Well, obviously you raised yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. That's so <laughs> but yeah, I mean implementation of this. You know, I think at the end at the end of the day, obviously, you know, we're 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 running a a business, and you know, of course, if any if any investors are listening to this, yes, you know, we're we're running. A business. <laughs> yeah, listen, but, uh, I'm paying. <laughs> not sponsored. But, not sponsored. I will always pay for good things. But at our core, I I think our DNA as a company is that we are inventors, right? So I, I you know I think you know Dave, that's the, that, that's a great point. We we really think of ourselves as you know both creatives and inventors and. You know, we started this really to solve our own problem, right? I think there are different kind of businesses that people start. Some people see an opportunity and it's like, oh, I, I need to go do this. For us, it was just many years of asking continuously, you know, frustration around why doesn't this thing exist that I, you know, that I, I wish this thing was was possible, et cetera, et cetera. That, that ultimately led to, okay, you know what? No one's doing it. We're, we're just going to go do it ourselves, right? So I think, you know, for us, that's very much in our DNA and, you know, obviously, we are a business, we need to make money. And, you know, we're starting to, 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 you know, to, to figure that out with Memax and, and all of that stuff. But yeah, technology is at the core of what we do. And I think the reality is that all of the, the new age modern businesses, you know, today, kind of the new way of doing business, especially as a technology company, is you do just have to continuously focus on, on the product and, and on the technology, right? And mm -hmm. there's so much competition. I think everyone knows just how lucrative the entire field is today that you can't just, you know, launch a product and then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's really the thing. It's crazy. Daily, I people reaching out to me, look at my new tool. And I just need to go to the landing page to know there's nothing for me and how people actually expect that they will be successful with just another notion, with just another ClickUp, with another Asana, because there's no unique value proposition. And we mentioned AI and MEM, and there might be the moment where others implement AI as well. Might be. Yeah. However, I want to point out there's a bit more to MEM than just the AI search. Yeah. One thing that already impressed me a year ago was the low friction to get data into MEM. I mean, I mentioned already the import and you even provide import for from Apple Notes, who does this actually? But you have a Sapia integration as well. I played with this around. So while well, I was adding a lot of tweets into my mem where I thought, hmm, okay, <laughs> I have to think twice how much I want to get into mem. But still, we're, we're working on the native uh, Twitter integration as well, by the way. So, but oh, really? Oh, that, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And this is the, that's to stay with the AI for a moment. This yeah. is where my mindset changed completely. Before that, I always thought about, I need to process my information so I will find it later on easily and give it sense and give it tags and give it folders. So I find it later on. In MEM, with the MEM X activated, it was the first time that I had a feeling it doesn't matter if I distill it, if I have the long form text in there, maybe it's even better giving more context, right? Having the full blog post in there. So it's more likely that MEM will recommend me something in there. This is one thing. But the other is, yeah, I mentioned already the low friction. So I can send via WhatsApp. I forward just, you know, I was texting with somebody. So of course, you know, but when I say, you know, I mean the people listening. <laughs> so the forwarding text from within WhatsApp to MEM. So it's, it's in there. And what do we have? Messaging, we can forward. Oh, we from can draft. Forward. For me, it's very important. The workflow, oh, talking yeah. about drafts, it's important because I have never seen or test an application talking about capturing text better than draft with an S, an S sorry, at the end, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I know it works only on 
on, on the Apple ecosystem, but it's amazing because I can type really hard and just pressing a button with an action that goes directly to the mem.i inbox. And that's amazing because you can capture any thought, any idea that comes to your hand. It's frictionless at all. And yeah. whenever it's something is friction, you start using it, uh, you cannot stop it because each element that you send, it's just a mem inside mem. That mem, just to people so people know it, a mem is just like an idea and thought because we are always talking about notes and things like that. And I've never understood that concept of notes because it's ideas. It's something abstract that appears and you just want to save. You know, that's, uh, that's the point. And that's what a mem is. You know? In fact, I have a mem inside right now in, my, in the other screen, just writing down and typing down all the things. That he wants to say after the call to me what I shouldn't say next time. Tom, shut up next time. <laughs> Not just joking. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully agree with you, Paco. And something, you know, we were just saying, okay, good. I can forward WhatsApp. and So what's that? I could forward email to Evernote as well. But there's many more things where I think there you focus on the right stuff, which is, for example, the how it's called short, short bar, quick bar. So I can, on, on my Mac at least, oh, I right. can... Sorry? The spotlight? Oh, the spotlight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. So spotlight. you can imagine if you're a Mac user, you know you use command space and then you can bring up the search bar for your Mac. If you just use shift command space, you bring up the spotlight from mem.ai. And what you can do this way, if you selected some text before that on your browser, it will take this text into the mem already and it will add the source link in the end of this. How amazing is this? It sounds so simple, but you picked a workflow that so many people do. Pasting something somewhere, copy pasting something somewhere, adding the, it's time saving big time. And I'm sure, certain that this is just the beginning, 100%. So, but talking about beginning and all this, how secure can I feel myself when I send people over to MEM and say, look, this is really amazing, but it's still in beta, it's early access. And usually in the paperless movement, I warn people to put all onto one card and say, okay, I go all in with my data. And then we have some companies that just disappear, stop servicing and things like that. How secure can people um, be? Yes. Excuse me, if I can add something. Oh, yeah, Paco, so that Dennis, Dennis can give a, a yeah. wider answer and reply because I think it's very important because right now into the PKM Tools for Thoughts community, there's a trend right now that it's going back to plain text files. That is something that I totally disagree. Sorry. And I've been working for a whole year using Obsidian. Okay. But I started coding almost 40 years ago. Sorry, but I'm too old. And I was totally fed up of files and databases were a great invention at that moment. And right now going back to be secure and feel that sense of privacy in your system. Going back to plain text files, for me, doesn't make any sense, but I understand people who, who feel like that based on other experiences that they have had using databases from companies that they don't know, especially that is something that I would like you to add to this answer, that it's uh, your roadmap and how solid mm. you are talking about a company because I just saw your first rise of $5.6 million in April 2021. And since then, we haven't received any news. Yeah, so... Well, we have to do an X release in the meantime, but no news. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to do with the future, right? I, I need to make sure I don't disclose anything that is non-public. But, you know, the... So, first of all, I think in terms of, you know, company where we are, all of that, we have many, 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 many years of runway and are, you know, 
pretty actively, very actively growing the team to keep up with all of the requests, you know, that, that, that everyone's making. And so from a, you know, will we disappear perspective? I think the, you know, the easiest answer is a short answer, which is just no, uh, we won't. And uh, we love that. So that, that, that's one. And I, and I totally understand, right. I've, I've definitely used software in the past, you know, from, from startups and, and, and companies where it's like, you know, this is, this is incredible. Is it, is it going to be around? And so I totally understand that concern. And yeah, the answer is no, we, we, we will not disappear. The second thing, Paco, to answer your question, I think this is actually really interesting, you know, uh, philosophical question, right? Because there's, there are, I, I would consider them to be a vocal, very vocal minority, but very vocal nonetheless, of people who want all of their, you know, basically all of their data to be local only, kind of like locked away in a vault, you know, only on their device. And there's, there, there's, there's a few problems with that, right? So the way we think about data ownership, and I think fundamentally at the heart of it, data ownership is really the important piece, right? Data ownership consists of data security, obviously, and we use, you know, the most secure standards to industry standards, but then it's also data portability. And it's the ability, and specifically what that means is the ability to actually make use of the information that you have in the context that you need it in, right? And of course, if your information only lives on this one hard drive in this physical location in one place, right? We just, the surface area that we interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Just from, you know, the devices we use alone, but on the internet, like across the entire spectrum, right? Like, let's say you wanted to use your knowledge that you have inside of a different application, right? That is true data ownership, right? Being able to actually say, okay, cool. I can snap my fingers, have what I need at the tip of my, you know, at my fingertips, and then be able to essentially just like push it into whatever thing I need it. That's really important. And in order to enable that, right, you actually need to leverage a lot of the new technology that's come out over the last, you know, 10, 20 years of, of cloud computing. You need this stuff to be able to live securely, you know, but, but you need it to be able to live online, right? So... I love yeah. this answer. So yeah, well, it ticks so many boxes and I saw the export options there as well. That's very important. I think mm -hmm. I can export as mark, markdown files, right? So to yeah. me, this is, this is the, you know, the easiest way to get it into other tools. And I talked on another session about there should be a standard so I can move information from one platform to another. The only difference between the platforms would be the how it is processed and visualized and then structured, right? But the data in the end should be always the same. So if we have standards there, it would be so powerful. It would be so much easier to build up very powerful systems. But it's not as easy, obviously. We have it's like USB, oh, wait, you have your lightning cable there. But exactly, right? Uh, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I just wanted to say, yeah. well, I'm aware of the time, but I want to add something else there as well. And this is another discussion I had with Brian Chengs talking about Obsidian and the potential of collaboration. And then we talked about getting different vaults and why we just don't open them up and merge them together. So we have, you know, everybody can have the, so we're building a wiki, right? In the end, it would be probably exactly this because Obsidian has, again, just context if you have exact the words, if you made the links, but there's not really so adding something. Now going to Mem, something that you added as well is the team feature. So I would really, before we close the interview, dive into the team feature. Uh, Paco and I are really interested in this. How does it work to share information? Yeah. Uh, is it just the single notes that I share that will add to the other vault or will 
people yeah. have access to the whole thing. So how does this work? Yeah. So first of all, I think, you know, taking a step back, the, the, the two areas that we have, you know, from the beginning decided this is how we're going to differentiate to, you know, not be just another, you know, another application. Those two areas are, you know, one, obviously we've, we talked about a lot, which is AI. And the other one is collaboration, right? So we actually made a lot of decisions very early on to, to make sure that we would not shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, to, to be able to actually support collaborative use cases. Because if you think about it, it is actually very, there, there's a very, very hard challenge of you. A lot of people start with MEM as this private knowledge base, right? They use it for their work. They use it for you know, their life. They use it for everything. And then to be able to go from that into, and then they, they, they realize the power of it and they say, okay, wow, you know, and we've seen this happen many times. I need to use this with my colleagues, right? How do I use this with my colleagues, et cetera. But to go from there to there, right now, we have to figure out a lot of really interesting challenges around, well, you know, how do we deal with searching? You know, you can search your private information and then how do we make that really easy for you to share that, but not be also confusing around accidentally sharing the wrong thing, et cetera, all of that stuff, right? And so that is a challenge that I think no one else actually, it's, it's so hard, you know, this, and it, this has nothing to do with AI. But it is such a hard problem that I think everyone else has just said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to worry about it, right? Because, you know, there's, there's too much complexity. And instead, we're, we're actually choosing to tackle this head on, right? So the, the way that a sharing works today, I'll tell you today, and then I'll tell you how it's, how it's going to evolve. The, the short story of how it's going to evolve is we're going to introduce the concept of spaces, except, you know, spaces, it's similar to kind of like the, the gardens, kind of the walled gardens that you would kind of expect except with a clear, you know, the mem way of doing things, which is making it really easy and seamless for you to move something from a private space into a, into a shared space in a way that is actually understandable to you. Right. But today you can basically share any mem that you, you have, you know, with, with anyone and they'll be able to actually go and collaborate on it, see all of that. And the most important piece is that'll actually now be absorbed into their knowledge base. Right. And then when it's absorbed into their knowledge base, now, you know, they can actually leverage all of the all of the power of you know semantic and AI driven search recommendations, all of that on top of that as well, right? So we're you know we're building a very intelligent system on one hand, and then the other you know the, to bring it all together, it's we we think of it as how do we build collective intelligence, right? So how really you know it's it's one thing to be able to say we resurface information that is relevant from your past that you have captured before, that's valuable. But what's even more valuable is if we can do that across a team where you might not even know something exists. You might not even know that this piece of information you know, is, is, is available, right? And how do we actually bridge that gap? Because if you don't know that it exists, you don't even know that you can ask for it, right? And there's so many inefficiencies in any organization today. That yeah. is the result of that happening. And I think the, the challenge here and the opportunity at the same time Using yeah. AI again, for example, building a business knowledge base. So by having a narrowed down space, the words recurring inside the business, there's so much more potential. Then the discussion I had about Obsidian, where people have to feed this and have the same conventions and need to use these texts, but having context-based search. 
this is the powerful thing where uh, you can build up a business knowledge base and then it needs to encapsulate it as well that AI understands, okay, I'm looking now only on the business and this might have a dis a different context, but at the same time compares it with other information it got about other business in the same space. And I think there's so much we could go on and on for hours today. I have the feeling that we certainly have to have a follow-up, Dennis. I just want something I want to add to this team feature. If you want to give feedback inside MEM, I was so surprised when I hit this button. Usually you expect an intercom chat coming up or email, right? But in MEM, you get a new MEM. And in there, you mention the feedback, the, the support team, right? And then inside the mem, you get the answer inside the mem. So it's actually already feeding your, your mem. With the, that's amazing. And then I had this response and I added Paco to the same feedback ticket and instantly, oh, yeah, Paco, you're there as well. So these are things that you never had anywhere before. So really excited. But then as I'm aware of the time, I, I'm really thankful that we had this call today. Anything you want to share with us? before we meet again next time. I, we have to talk again. This wasn't just, there wasn't enough time today. Yeah, happy happy to chat, chat again. No, I think, you know, for, you know, basically for, for, for anyone out there who is a user, thank you so much. You know, we, we, we appreciate you. And if for any, you know, engineers out there, we're, we're very actively hiring. So feel free to reach out. I, you know, I, I, have to, I have to plug our recruiting. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and everybody listening and watching will get instant MemX access. No, just joking. <laughs> just joking. No, before we close the interview, I bring in one more comment from LinkedIn just to confirm what we've been talking about. So it's Aman from Aman Samra, and he says, Mem is an amazing tool. Dennis changing the way we knowledge share. That's great. And I agree. I, I cannot wait to see mem is in one year i think it will be a complete different game then that we talk about thank you for being in the show dennis thank you for being with me paco and we'll thank catch you. up next time thank you